You know, there are three ways that you can optimize your sales that you probably haven't even thought about. You're going to learn about all three on today's show. Now, before we get started on today's show, I want to make sure you're all getting signed up for Epic 2023 in Las Vegas. It's going to be on March 16th and 17th. We have an amazing lineup of keynote speakers and educational breakouts. You will not want to miss it, so get signed up today at epic2023.com. Now listen, if you're a little hesitant for any reason, go to epic2023.com and click the sneak peek button. Fill out the form and you'll get access to a free video package from all of our presenters so you can check them out before you sign up. Now, just one more thing before we get into today's show. If you're not signed up for any events, whether it's an in-person event or a virtual event, take a look at the event calendar at events.mycontractuniversity.com and get signed up. They're all absolutely free for all members, so take advantage of it and sign up for some events today. Well, okay, let's get started with today's content. Today, we've got the one and only Drew Cameron with the Optimus Financing Team to chat about three ways to optimize your sales. Take it away, team. Thank you for joining us. We're really excited to have you here. I'm glad to be here. It's awesome. We're, we're really excited to talk about, get into some of the sales talk. I think one of the biggest um, issues we've got is when it comes to financing is being able to meld that financing with the sales process. I think people struggle with that. Some do. Yeah, some do. And I, and I think it limits their, their, their output. And I, 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 there seems, I, okay. I was in an event in Southern California the other day, and um, I talked to probably 25 contractors, and I'm still shocked by how many don't have, aren't using finance and don't have a sales process. Yeah. And, and how do you, I mean, you get to the point where sometimes you're just like, there's nothing else I can do for you when you're ready, come to me, but, but how do you approach that? I mean, I'm assuming you deal with that on a regular basis as a coach. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times it's, you know, Contractors, well, people who are contractors or work for contractors, you know, they, they kind of grew up in the in the business of whoever they worked for or kind of a gentleman I just talked with a little bit ago uh, outside. You know, he, he left a company and he started his own business and he yeah. got in the business and he just started doing his own thing, right? And he just started doing it, you know, maybe his way or based on the way that he learned from who he had worked for. Right. And, and so, you know, bad habits get handed down as well as do good habits. And so if someone didn't know or didn't believe in that, that was just passed on to, you know, to him as well, right? right? And I don't know whether or not that's what he's doing, but I'm just kind of talking about that, you know, he had that, that entrepreneurial seizure and kind of went into <laughs> business and he's just doing what he's doing and he's in business by default and um, yeah, doesn't think about all of this. And yeah. so maybe even his beliefs are is that people don't want financing, right? Where I, I, you know, I, I can do business on, you know, based on my name and my handshake. You know, as my dad did back in the 70s and 80s when you could. Yeah. Right. And we could do an entire episode just on change, right? And yeah. just people fighting change and not wanting to. Yeah. But change is the evolution. It's, it's an evolution, right? It's just part of the business. And as we move into new regulatory changes and basically a new, a new environment with we're going into another recession. I don't know what the I don't know what the term is, but whatever you want to, right. you know, struggle, whatever it is. You would think that people would start understanding that finance is, it's not what it used to be 40 years ago, right? No. right? It right. used to be, hey, these people, they can't afford to pay. Let me go through finance. And that's really not the case now. No, no. Right. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a belief, right? It's a belief by the contractors to what do they believe people want and need and will do. Yep. And then there's beliefs by, by the consumers as to what they, they believe that they want and need and will do, right? And what makes the most sense? 
And so I think that has evolved over time. I, I remember doing a, a training back in 1992 down in Atlanta for a supplier called Mingledorf's. And uh, I was teaching software. And it was a load calculation energy auditing software, but I started talking about financing. And I had a, probably like 60, 70 contractors in the room. And I started talking about financing and how, how it made a huge biz, um, impact in our business back in the early 90s into the mid-90s when we sold the business. And so this is sure. like 1998, 99 time frame, 99 time frame. And, um, and I started talking about fi financing. And everybody in the room said, oh, yeah, customers don't want financing. <laughs> Right? And I said, oh, really? They, oh, they, they only want that 0% financing. And I said, interesting. And so I happened to have somebody there from what was known as GE Money at the time. Oh, I remember. Right? Sure. Yeah, which eventually became Synchrony. And, uh, and, and so I said, I said to the gentleman, because we don't mention the S word here. Oh, okay. Okay, yes, so yeah. go on. Go yeah. on. <laughs> the other brand X, <laughs> right? right? Um, so I, I just I said to him, because I already knew the statistics, I had a conversation with him before the event, and I said, of the people who take advantage of the 0%, the popular uh, program at the time was 0% for 12 months. Sure. And I said, of the people who take advantage of the 0% for 12 months, how many of them pay it off within the 12 months? And he said, 92% of them actually go beyond the 12 months. And so the people in the class then said, yeah, but that's just because they missed that last payment and it, it, you know, the interest rolled back to day one. And I said, and so I asked the guy, I said, of the people who basically missed that payment, I said, how many of them went on to make more than three payments and therefore defaulted to basically a payment plan? The payment factor, sure. Which was based on a credit card rate at the time, right? And he said uh, it was 97% of those people. Right. Yeah, so some of them missed the deadline, then quickly paid it off, even though they eat all that interest, right? But the bulk of them just went on to make payments. And so I've seen that, and you probably know better than I, but I've seen that over time, that we have just evolved from more of a 0% plan, which is still relevant, uh, and deferred payment plans, to more of a people want that lowest payment or uh, you know, a feasible interest rate with a low fee long-term. Gives us that control and flexibility. Yeah, and I think what we're seeing, to your point, is that here we are, I mean, that was in the late 90s, you're saying? Yeah. That was in the late 90s, here we are in 22, and we are still the number one uh, payment solution out there is that 12 month, zero interest, right? No payments, no interest. Yeah. They don't, they don't, for those customers that want to pay cash, they'd rather just keep their cash and sit on it, right? Why not? I mean, I, I don't have a ton of cash, but what cash I do have, right. not really dying to give to you guys, right? Sure. Um, but there's been a really significant trend moving, and this is going to go into the first question I was going to ask you, which is about the changes we're seeing in the industry. But from a financing standpoint, you know, it was, the 699, 799, right in there, 10 year loan. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, it's become the 12 year, and we're seeing some activity going into the 15 year term. Mm -hmm. you, thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I mean, that's people. New. That's a significant change, right? Yeah, and I even see some, you know, stuff out there through some utility programs that's out there at 20 years, right? Right. And, um, and why? I, I think people have gotten to this place where they like that control and flexibility. Yeah. Right. I want ultimate control, ultimate flexibility. I'll do with my money what I want, when I want, the way that I want, and I'll pay it off in tranches here and there. And then sometimes I need just that. Yeah, you know, I just want to make the minimum payment, like right around the holiday. Sure. Right. Sure. Um, you know, or all of a sudden the car went out and I need to go basically put a down payment on the car. I'm going to make the minimum payment this month. Whereas yeah. I was maybe making double and triple payments. And so I think that's the, you know, the, the key is society has evolved, and it, and it's like my kids, right? It's like. The, the things that uh, vie for my kids' attention are so much more uh, 
so many more things and so much more diverse yeah. than things that were available for me in my attention span when I was a child, right? And so my, I jokingly say, but our, our children have better social lives than we do because there's so much more vying for their, their attention than when we grew up. There, there's, there's no question, right? there's no question. So the interesting, going back to that point, is the interesting thing is when we talk to the banks, it doesn't matter whether you put it on a 10, a 15, even a 20 year, there are some 20 years out there. Mm -hmm. um, what we're finding is that they all pay off in about four and a half years, yeah, yeah. right? After four and a half years, they either come into a bonus, they come into a tax return, they just get tired of looking at the bill and decide, you know, let's just let's just get rid of it. Yeah. But it gives them that affordability up front, and I think contractors have to start. They've got to start understanding. I one of my things that I'm talking about really heavily on our roadshow, and I'm trying to like kind of change our messaging is. The customer experience, right? What differentiates your company from the other company? Because maybe they're both selling the same piece of equipment, whatever your manufacturers, maybe they're both selling. So why are they choosing you? And it's gotta be your customer experience. And payment solutions have got to be part of understood it. now as part of your customer experience. Mm -hmm. We did, a, we did um, I was working with one of the digital marketing agencies and we were taking a look at Yelp scores. And most Yelp scores on the negative are not because contractors are not installing well, therefore other issues, right? They they didn't, you know, they they got my my carpets dirty when they walked mm -hmm. through it. They didn't listen to me. They like just those other issues. And part of those issues is they didn't make it affordable to me. They didn't actually listen to what I was looking for. And I think we have to get. So how do you coach into that? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it is part all part of customer experience, and payments are part of customer experience. The your people and your processes are your biggest differences, not the products that you sell, right? It's your people, your process, then the performance or output or the results of those products. That's really what people are buying. Okay, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you're not buying a thing; you're buying a feeling. Sure. Right? Right. I mean, you're sure. buying, like I said, I always talk about in my, my, my training, I, I talk about what, you know, does somebody want a big screen television? You know, why does someone buy a big screen television? It's not because they want a big screen television. It's because they want an immersive experience of the game or the movie or, or whatever it may be. Right? No, that's, and that's actually fitting because actually I just got a rather large television, but without that surround sound, it's just right. So you are looking for that experience, right. right? You didn't want that television per se. You wanted an immersive experience. You wanted to be able to enjoy whatever it is that you're watching. Hence our Eagles, right? Uh, ten and one, by the way. Ten and one, by the way. And trending, um, but uh, yeah. I mean, you want you want to be like if you're not going to be. You know, at the Lincoln Financial Field, you want to feel like you are. Yeah. Right, and that's hence the surround sound. So the tackle's taking place in your living room, right? You got a television. You bought the experience. You bought that feeling of being at the game, right? Almost. Right. So we're going to get into because I, I know this is a big. This is one of your hot topics. Is really kind of educating and developing those people for their training sales. So when it comes to one of the the things, Drew, we we hand, we deal a lot with financing is handling dealer fees, right? Yeah. That is one of the biggest fears. So when the quick poll question is, when you comes to handling dealer fees, right? Financing fees. You price each job individually based on the program, right? So if they're using a 12-month, no, no, you're pricing it at 6% or something else is 15%. You're blending your fees so it covers any costs. You're new to financing. You're not really sure. Or I don't believe in fees, and I am not paying them. And I have a lot of contractors that say that. A lot of contractors. Which one, what are you, what's your guess there? Uh, my, my belief is they're probably going to be putting it into each job. 
Okay, you think that's what? I think that's. I think the majority will report that they're putting it into each job. Don't don't sleep on that. I don't believe in the fees. I'm not paying them. I hope to overcome that. I hope people not understand that. Not this audience. <laughs> not like, this audience. Because again, we've indoctrinated them a little bit. I think if you were to ask the you know contracting you know uh, industry at, at large, I think a lot of them would say that last one. Would say that last one. Look at that. Whoa, Drew, you are on it. <laughs> <laughs> price each job individually based on the program as opposed to blending your fees. So you want to talk a little bit about this? Because I know this is one of these things we've talked about and a little I, bit. And I played that in FanDuel in my individual game parlay. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, winning money. Um, yeah, and, and so not surprising. Um, and glad to see that the second one is blending it, you know, blending in my fees so that it's covering in, uh, covering any cost, but not certain how you're you know, uh, doing that per se. But the first one, it's not unusual. Everybody puts in the rebate cost and the financing cost, and they bake it into the job. And it is a job cost. It is a direct cost. While it is a job cost, the way I look at it, it's a cost of doing business, no different than credit cards as well, which also have fees. Right? Sure. And what we should do with those fees is we should put them into the overhead and absorb that as a cost of doing business, much like you know, your utility bill. I you know, use this example, right? If your utility bill, um, the electric bill, is in your overhead and your utility bill goes up in July, do you charge customers more for air conditioning in July when you sell your air conditioners you know, in July because your electric bill went up. Right. No, no you don't, right? It's, the, you know, you build that into I your- I hope not. You, bud, you budget that over the course of the year, right? Well, the fees should be the same way. And so what I do is I put them into the overhead, I spread it across the entire book of business, including the credit card fees, and that way everybody pays for the financing fees as well as rebate costs if we have, you know, uh, manufacturer's rebates that we pay a chunk of, even those that don't get the financing and even those that don't get the rebate costs. And people say, well, what, is that fair? And I said, well, it's just a cost of doing business. It's, it it's helps me, financing rebates help me manage my, my business over the book of the year. And this way, there's no cash discount either. Well, that's what, that was going to be my next question. Right. How, do you, how do you handle the cash? Because I hear this a lot from contractors. I use that as a cash discount. And that actually defeats the purpose of... Correct. And so I looked at I started challenging my team years ago back at Cameron and Sons and said, what's the opposite of that? you're penalizing everybody who needs to take advantage of a payment plan. And is that fair? Meaning I want to do business with you, Matthew, but I don't really have the cash. And, oh, I need a payment plan. Yeah, but I got to penalize you to do it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so it's just a cost of doing business. And so customers even say, well, I know you pay a fee for that financing. We just absorb it as a cost of doing business. In fact, most people take advantage of a payment plan. I mean, you finance the first system when you bought the house. Most people, because you put it on the mortgage. Sure. Most people finance the second. And what you save in energy and repair costs will pay for this thing. And so most people do that. And therefore, we just absorb it as a cost of doing business. And we don't penalize people for taking advantage of a payment plan. Right. Right. And so I just, I lead with that. And I, I don't, I've never had an issue with it, ever. No, and I, I think you're right. I think part of it is as is contractors changing their mindset, right? Yes. It really is just changing your mindset. When you go to Home Depot, and we're going to keep this really simple, when you go to Home Depot and you buy a candy bar and you're paying cash for it, you don't actually ask for a cash discount, right? You don't actually sit there and say, well, I'm paying cash. How about you, instead of $2, give this to me for a dollar? Right. No, right? But that candy bar, and again, very small, simplistic, but that candy bar has pricing built in that covers financing for people that are in the back of Home Depot buying refrigerators and washing machines and those other units. And it's, yeah. it really is no, the same, it's the same thing in your, own, in your own industry, right? Those cash customers have to help offset so that everybody can afford the, the payments. Yeah, right. it's a complete mindset shift to basically say, today's society is a payment society. I wanna have that available and I don't want it to interrupt how we do business, right? And then that way, 
When you, and that's the other thing, is when you put that cost into that one particular job, it's a significant cost in some cases, depending on the program sure. that you're doing. And that actually may price your job to a place where a customer doesn't even consider it and ask for the cash discount. Correct. Right? Sure. Before you have to take that out. So why not just go ahead and have a nice, even price that's acceptable to everybody and, you know, no, same price, cash or credit. Yeah. And, and that's that's beautiful. I love that. You're you're, you're you're right on what we're preaching. Do you present a good, better, best, which is one of the things we do teach, good, better, best scenario to your customers? Yes, every customer, every time. Uh, no, we rely on our sales techs to present the best option based on the customer's need. My customers always look for the least expensive or we learn need to learn more about the good, better, best. And that is something you shouldn't be embarrassed to sit there and say we need to learn more because we do know a good, better, best scenario, or a similar, I mean, there's four or five different options, but I'm believing that's where you, what you preach, right? Yeah, and, and we'll flip it, obviously, best, better, good, best. from top of the line down to entry level, sure. right? You know, uh, highest amount of service, best warranties, best guarantees, you know, uh, highest level of technology, um, you know, peace of mind and all that down to, you know, obviously the payment that comes with that, down to the entry level and everything that's in between, right? And so right now, the current, offering typically out there through all manufacturers is about seven levels. Yep. And we show a customer a menu of seven levels, but then we narrow and explore so based on their- best, I would die, those are even seven levels in there. There's super best, the ultimate best, like all the way down seven different levels. Yeah, and, and we don't call it best, better, good, right? We actually have names like Royale, Prestige, Signature, right. Lux, things like that. Entry levels, classic, right? So basically it's a, a, a lateral move to today's, uh, you know, classic comfort experience that you have, all on or all off, you know, that type of thing. So with new, when, again, so when we teach this, 75% are using a version of a good, better, best, or best, better, good, good. however you want to look at it, yeah. uh, which is great. 17% um, literally we have to talk to you about having your, what we can do to improve your sales techs, right? And that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, as are on the second option there at 17%, you know, the tech is basically thinking what they know is best for the customer. And really the customer knows what's best for the customer always, right? And so uh, and, and in that situation, a tech's probably offering a choice of one, and a choice of one is a choice of none. You, know, you need to offer your customers options, not ultimatums, Yeah. right? And, and so give them that variety and let them choose. And then the, the next level is, you know, customers looking for the least expensive option, and no, they're not, right? Yeah, I mean, customers are looking for the option that makes the most amount of sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we, too many times, too many times we replace expensive for affordable. And what we're really looking to is to make it affordable for them to get the better option. Because I don't know anybody that owns a home that doesn't want the best stuff in their home, for lack of a better way of saying the, and the best thing for them that they can afford. Like you and I may value comfort very differently, right? Very so much so. It's sure. no different than cars, right? Some people basically want to drive a very high-end you know, luxury vehicle because of what it says about status or quality or something like that, even though you're in your car less than 2% sure. of your life. And some other people are just, it's just transportation. Yeah, it's just here to, from here to there. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the jo you know, our job as as providers, I, I don't like using the word salespeople, but as, as information providers, because when customers call you, that's what they call you for, is for information and your expertise and guidance. And given that guidance, then the customer feels more equipped to make that buying decision, whatever is important to them. And so for some people, they just tell us, hey, I want your Comfort Royale system. I want the best of the best that I got. And other people say, you know what? I'm moving in a couple of years. You know, we don't turn on the air conditioning all that much. I'm, I'm happy with the classic comfort experience. Sure. Right? Sure. Yeah. Right. But the key is to get out of your way 
and let the customer make that decision. There you go. And that's got to be the biggest challenge. So it it is, I mean, it really is, we don't call them one, two, three, right? What you're you're saying, you call it classic, what are the terms? So we have, our, we, our, our book currently uh, goes uh, Royale, down to Prestige, to Signature, to Lux, to Optum, to, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the next one, Ele <laughs> oh, eleva Elevated to Classic. Right, and I've, I've seen people call it, Gold, silver, bronze, I've called premium, platinum. Like, yeah. Really what you want to do is what, the whole idea here is no matter what you want to call it, however you want to frame that from a marketing perspective, you want to give the consumer options yeah. of different levels so they can choose what is right for them. Yeah. The names that we came up with are names that don't basically denote value per se. Good call. It, it actually denotes maybe the experience. So you're, you're saying get. gold is clearly better than silver, but you're... You don't want that to, you don't want to sh unshine, unshine, de-shine yeah, yeah, the so silver. Yeah, you yeah. Want <laughs> there you go, right? You want and I don't want them basically thinking that, right? Because then that's, it factors into the psychology. And that's a longer conversation that I teach in my sales training, right? But the idea is, is to remain neutral and really kind of talk about what is the experience that they desire. Right. Right. And let them see everything that's available to them in the seven levels. Right. It's like going to a, going to a restaurant. The, the, the restaurant gives you the entire menu and lets you choose. They probably provide some guidance, but they choose. And your check at the end of the meal is a function of what your selections were. Right? Sure. And so in the menu that we have, we show the customer seven levels. We will begin the conversation based on what we saw and heard from them during our time together. Right. But they still, still see everything, even things that I know they're probably not even going to consider because it provides perspective, number one, yeah. and number two, it gives them things to say no to. And when a customer can say no to certain things, they say, they're basically saying, no, not that, but yes to something they're, else. They're empowering and feeling controlled of their sale, yeah. right? Because they are saying no to certain yeah. things. I like that, yeah. I like that concept. The problem with most contractors, and maybe this is where Nigel's going uh, here, is with the best, better, good, or options one, two, three, you're actually, some people are, and again, some of this digital software that's out there does this too, where they build digital proposals, they're, they're basically curating two to four options for customers that they've chosen. They're not letting the customers see everything. Right. They're basically in their mind saying, what I think the customer will consider is these three or four things. They put together those three or four things. The problem is now they, these three or four, two to four, three, four things are there, but it's like I have no perspective is where is that? Is that in the middle, the entry level, or the upper end of the spectrum? And so having everything available to them gives them the, the context and that perspective. Right. So it's a, again, it's, you know, given that platform, you lay it out in such a way, it's like all of these systems are great, right? Because they're all installed, you know, installed by the same, you know, uh, class A technicians that we have. We don't subcontract any of the work, maybe except where necessary if you have to do third party electrician, if you don't have an electrician in the house. But uh, we don't use any subcontractors and we don't uh, cut corners on any of them. And any of them are going to perform way better than the thing that you've got. So there's not a bad choice here. Right. Yeah. And then when the customer you know picks something, I say that's a great choice. Why did you select it? And then and then they'll, and then they may, they may say they're going to tie it back to probably something that they said earlier. Right. 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 And, and so my job is to create a safe environment, Nigel, as you well know, where communication can happen, and the customer always feels good about what they're doing. Right. And and one of the things we um, we teach when we and we'll be glad to work with you if you'd like uh, on the good, better, bet, best, better, good whatever the versions yeah. you want to call it is, you can utilize different financing programs so that you can make all three or five, and we have a PowerPoint, which I yeah. would be glad to, after the, the demo, show you where we have five different options and they all are within $3 of each other. Yeah. 
right? So what we've done is we've removed the affordability out of it. So that customer doesn't feel like they can't afford the best. They know they can afford any of these because they're all about the same price. Then it really is, what is it you're looking for in your home? What is it, to your point, what is comfort to you? You've gamified the financing based on rate and term to get the top of the line solution to be as affordable as an entry level, maybe even less expensive than an entry level because of the way you've done that. And if you really think about that, it being part of EGIA, you know, uh, the mantra or motto of EGIA is promoting energy efficiency into the marketplace. And, and that's obviously why Optimus was originally created, uh, or the original financing platform was to you know, allow yeah. contractors to have an affordable way to sell their solutions. And we've literally shown where you can have a $7,500 low and an $18,000 high, and their monthly payments are literally virtually the same. In some cases, the $18,000 is a little bit lower, which again, just removes that entire embarrassment that I can't afford it because now all of a sudden, mm -hmm. they can af afford something they didn't even think they can afford, which right. is a real big thing. Um, and Drew, I speak to this a little bit. I, and please tell me if I'm wrong. I'm never wrong. You're never please wrong. tell me, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do believe that I think the days are, I, there are always exceptions, but I think the days are in the past of my heating or air conditioning, whatever is out, come in and just fix that. I think consumers, as we move forward, are looking at this as an opportunity to make their home comfort, their overall life better. They're not just looking at it as, well, can you fix my air conditioner? Or can you fix my heater? They're looking at it as the opportunity to get IAQ. I mean, I tell the story about how my, my daughter is trying to get, you know, a system done and her dog has allergies. And now that her dog is allergies, she needs IAQ. And that sounds silly. No, it does not. But it, but it doesn't, right? Yeah. And, and part of that mindset is, again, teaching contractors to get out of the way, right? Mm -hmm. Right? It's, it's about teaching them to, to get out of the way. Let the consumer be the one that tells you no but if you make it affordable, most likely they're going to say yes. So the answer to the real question that you asked is no, you're not wrong. No, I'm not wrong. That's, that's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> thank you, Drew Cameron, and thank you to the Optimus team for that amazing piece of content. We appreciate it, great advice, and we shall heed it. Now listen, be sure and share this on Facebook, and if you're not a member, I want you to click the link and sign up for a free trial. It's a 30-day free trial. You get access to all of our content, and I guarantee you, if you follow the advice, if you take the courses, you will take your company to new places, new amounts of success. Well, folks, that's our show for this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye-bye for now.